Hey there, this is Liana, and you are tuning in to Sharpen Her Iron, conversations with dope women. And I was like, girl. And right. And then it's like, now you're in it and you're like, dang, why can't I even receive what I know is the right thing? Exactly I what I would somebody. tell somebody else. How am I not able to receive my own words? But I think it is also the reality that we need to have those experiences mm-hmm. because sometimes we so easily tell somebody else, just do X, Y, and Z. Yep. And then when you're in it, um, you're like, Oh, okay. Because this is the thing, Summer, I've been overweight my whole life, or the majority of my, like, growing up. Like, um, like, not elementary, little Uh chubby, uh but, like, middle school, high school, Mm -hmm. college, until I... Adulthood. Because college Mm -hmm. is when I I started to lose the weight. So, sophomore year of college. So, the beginning of college. So, my point in saying that is, after a while, you become accustomed. And it was not easy. It wasn't nothing. But it didn't stop me from going to church. It didn't stop me. Like, that was my safe place. I'm going... But after you go through this huge, like, transformation, you know, and you almost become, like, the poster child, you know, for, for, this. for this. And everybody has eyes on you, and everybody is like, ooh, she's the one. We got to be modeling ourselves after her. And then you're and like, then you uh, look up, and life is happening. You're struggling. You put yeah. on 30-plus pounds, yeah. and you're struggling. You know, like, that's not easy, it's you hard. know. It makes me even not want to sell my book, right, because I'm going to places, and it's like, oh, that's you. I don't like that, yeah. <laughs> you know? That's an awkward like, feeling. It's a very yeah. awkward feeling. Yeah. So all of that starts like, because I could be out here like doing speaking engagements, selling books every like day. Yeah. every day. Yeah. But when you don't feel confident and when you don't How feel, are those words going to come across to those people that you're encouraging? Yeah. Now the beautiful part like is friends. Exactly. But then on the flip side, friends of mine like Liana, you don't have to be at that point, you can talk about the fact of mm-hmm. where you are right now and how it now it applies to you still. Like mm-hmm. this need to fight and push and to believe in yourself and pick up where that you are. True. And Monday never comes still and everything you even need. Even after you've accomplished even, all this stuff. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because the reality of it is most people in life, which is part of like this series that I'm doing and why I want to tell some of your story, is about bouncing back. Mm-hmm. It's about resilience. It's about being knocked down, knocking yourself down, falling down, whatever it is that got you down, how do you get back up? You know what I'm saying? What does that process even look like? And so once again, it's like I thought I had learned what I needed to learn about resilience or at least I had enough people in my life mm-hmm. that I can draw from to share um, to share their stories. And um, that wasn't the... I didn't think that I would find myself, I mean, literally, Summer, after I got my um, my surgery, because I don't know if you know. I think you know. You just had the skin, I right? I had the skin removed, okay. right? Like, so I lost 180 pounds, did this whole campaign asking people to donate to my right, surgery. Right. I've done everything I could do and to do just, my part. Yeah. I just, this skin ain't going nowhere. Yeah. And um, basically, this lady found my story online. I did not know her something. This is what I'm saying. The hand of God is just crazy. But it's also a shame that you could be attached to when you think about all the things that's happened for you, all the places you said you would never go. So for me, I was Mm -hmm. like, all these people poured into my surgery, this financially. Well, no, no. What happened was a doctor donated the surgery to oh, me. Oh, wow. But what he said to me was that, well, first of all, he um, rallied for me because he could not 
the surgery is more than just him, right? Yeah. It's him, it's the anesthesiologist, yeah, it's the medication, absolutely. it's the facility mm-hmm. where the surgery where is done. Yeah. So he was like, I, I will donate my part to you, mm-hmm. but I can't promise you that there won't be a cost associated with it okay. for the other parts. But I will advocate for you. Oh, so wow. he advocated for me and everyone donated. The anesthesiologist, the like, the facility donated to me. Like, there was no cost to my surgery. There were only costs to my recovery. Wow. So, because I had to stay in a hotel for about yeah. a week or a couple, because yeah. it was an outpatient surgery. Stay in a hotel for a couple of days after that. Then um, I had nurses, nurses that came up, yeah, and they helped me. So, all of them mm-hmm. were a cost. So, I put together a campaign before I even got the surgery saying, this is what it will cost, like a, like a GoFundMe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is what it will cost me. Um, for these where you guys support and people actually donated Mm -hmm. to it like there was when I say no cost to me Summer no cost to me and I had made a vow to myself I would never put, I would never get back. I, and I'm nowhere near of where I started, not. right? Absolutely. But still, psychologically and physically, it feels so difficult to lose this extra weight yeah. that I have put on. Yeah. And then there's also the shame associated with the feelings of like, people are looking at me. It was one thing, I could walk into a building right now and no one knows me, that's fine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you have no reference point. Of what, yeah, what to, what to even look back on and compare What to, to look back on, what mm-hmm. to compare it on. Even though I feel uncomfortable on my own skin, you don't know that. Yeah. You know, even though like I've gotten into clothing sizes that I never wanted to be back in mm-hmm. or I can't fit the stores that became my state. Like H&M became my staple Shut when up. I lost all the weight. Like that was, it was, that's my spot. I like, so to oh, be wow. on the, lar- the la- larger end of H&M and only because they added some bigger sizes. Yes. Like, the, oh my god! To still not be able to fit some of that stuff, it's a, yeah. it's just like, it's a reminder of like, man, I hit a, I hit a low, and that just makes me feel. So I'm like, what's the one place that I really don't? And it's really bad. I don't say bad, but I don't like that I feel this way. Mm-hmm. But um, it's freeing to 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 say it. It's just a feeling of like, I should never feel like I have to perform. Nope. Especially at church. Nope. But it feels like that. It does. It feels like I, and I don't even know why it feels like that. Because no one has done no it to one, me. No, it's just, it, you know what I think it is? And it's funny that you said that. So on Sunday, they had the HIV truck. Okay. I think maybe three years ago, mm-hmm. I did it. Mm-hmm. Just to, I don't know. I do things like that randomly yeah. from time to time. So I was saying to like three people, mm. when I was sitting in there giving her my information, yeah. I swear to you, I felt like it was a neon light yeah. in there yeah. and it was just beaming on me. Yeah. Like, but there's this feeling. It was just the of, fact yeah. that I felt like the people that may see me in passing, yeah. may know me, yeah. they're now looking yeah. at me and like, feeling why some kind of way. Tested? Why is she getting tested? Mm-hmm. And we were having the conversation that if you probably take these things to black churches, mm-hmm. it's going to be empty. Yeah. No one's, no one's coming into this. Because we feel like we Nobody's walking to an HIV Nobody truck. Is. It's like, <laughs> yeah. why? Yeah. Why are people making you feel... Yeah. And it's not that they're making you feel like that, but it's just some, what's associated yeah. Yeah. with our culture yeah. that we make people feel yeah. like these places, yeah. they have to be a certain yeah. way. Yeah. Like, it, it just... Mm-hmm. It's so stupid yeah, yeah and that is part of the reason why i came to faithful central yeah. because i was in a marriage with somebody who was so abusive on mm-hmm. every level mm-hmm. and then people just looked at me and expected me to stay and not mm-hmm. no not nobody knew right but people expected me to stay at a place mm-hmm. where i wasn't growing spiritually mm-hmm. but because i'm supposed to be beside my husband mm-hmm. 
I'm supposed to, to stay there. there. Yeah. And when I talked to Bishop, he was like, if you feel like you're not growing, you need to move on. And I'm yeah. not saying come here, but you need yeah. to go somewhere, somewhere where you're growing. Yeah. Have a talk with this pastor. See how he yeah. feels. Make sure he's not offended. Make sure you leave on good terms. Mm-hmm. The whole nine. And I told the pastor, I said, you know, it's Pastor Weaver. Mm-hmm. It's nothing against you. Mm-hmm. I love you dearly. Mm-hmm. It's nothing against you. But coming from where mm-hmm. I came and mm-hmm. the growth that I had mm-hmm. to be here, mm-hmm. I'm hitting a ceiling mm-hmm. and, at, and nobody knew that my husband was abusing me mm-hmm. at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. I need every single word yeah, that, that God is yeah. giving me yeah. because I don't know yeah. what to do. I don't know where feelings. to go. This it's not, not about, about perspective yeah. and what should be. Yeah. If he's an assistant pastor there, he can resume his yeah. position because yeah. he's hired. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. not. Yeah. I need to grow. Yeah. Yeah. And when I came to faithful central, Initially, I got the stairs mm-hmm. because people like, why knew, are you here? why are you here? And, and he's not here. Not here. Hmm. But I was like, you know what? It took me a minute. And once I joined, why I joined was because I said, my life is in such turmoil mm-hmm. that if I do not make the right decision, I'm not going to live. Yeah. I didn't know my husband Dang. was going to do none of that stuff, but yeah. I knew I wasn't going to live yeah. if spiritually yeah. I wasn't yeah, able to thriving. stand up. Yeah. I didn't know all the battles that yeah. were going to come against and me. And the hard part is needed it. once you know, you can't unknow. Uh-uh. So once you know yep. that there is a, uh, a source of, uh, like there's a, a necessary connectedness to God that you need mm-hmm. in order for your life to function. Mm-hmm. Once you know that and you've experienced that in any way to not have that or to feel oh, that gosh. dimming, it feels like a, a slow death. Yes, yes, yes. And so you can't There may be a time in your life where you didn't have where that. You you needed right, it and that right. wasn't even on your mind. It yep. wasn't, or you did need it, but you didn't even know what it was that you needed. Yep. Then it's like you tasted it. And it's like, whoa. And once you taste it and once whoa. you have it and you flow in that, to feel any distance of that, it, it's you're, you're searching yeah. for it to, to, to be restored in your life. You're searching for that. But, um, yeah, so that's part of why it's been difficult for me to to um, wow. go back. More of my issues than anything anyone else yeah. has put on me. Yeah. You know, just more of my own feelings of, like, I need to... Um, at least be able to say what I'm doing with my life mm-hmm. if I'm going to be fat. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I feel in my head. <laughs> like, and that, and that, and it sounds crazy, but that is how, how you it, really think. But, yeah. but of course, there's the Holy Spirit and people are like, Leanna, you are, stop. Yeah, you're insane. Not you you yeah. stop. People yeah. love you and this is just your home. Because. And exactly. just stop. You yeah. know, and and we're human. We're flesh. Like, that's the sense of, of being a person that people don't really understand mm-hmm. when you hold this position, it, it yeah. sucks. Yeah. Like I'm still me. Mm-hmm. Like I want a cheeseburger on yeah. Tuesday. I don't yeah. want to eat a yeah. meal prep meal. Kale. And that's just <laughs> yeah. who I am. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm going to sit in my yeah. room and eat 10 pizzas every, every day. day. Yeah. This is just what I want. And yeah. allow me that opportunity yeah. to just be yeah. me. Yeah. Like yeah. when I tell you, Somebody asked me, would I ever date a pastor again? And I said, hell no. Yeah. And she was like, why? Why do you say it like that? Why? <laughs> because I, I don't think that I want that sh- that restriction on who I am. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to be able to be me and mm-hmm. be free to be me without mm-hmm. judgment. 
And I, I'm not saying that we judge pastors' mm-hmm. wives, but in my oh, situation, absolutely. I, I mean, we do. Yeah, I have I a certain expectation of how we you absolutely do. We <laughs> absolutely do. Yes. When I was a first lady, I was 26 years old mm. and I worked for LA Unified. Mm-hmm. I never told people what my husband did and Mm -hmm. I never told people that I was a first lady Mm -hmm. until they got to know me Mm -hmm. because when I tell them they're going to automatically assume why you not coming to work with a long skirt and Mm -hmm. stockings and heels Mm -hmm. and you know a bible at lunch and Mm -hmm. I didn't want people to understand that or think you're not a cool person just to hold conversation with anymore exactly the minute they find out I'm a pastor or a ministry immediately it's like the switch up immediately your conversation has to be a certain or way. Or jokes. Yeah. 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 You can't ever be normal. Mm-hmm. So would I ever do it again? Absolutely. Like if I could choose mm-hmm. and I know God knows my heart and mm-hmm. I don't believe that he'll send me into that position. Mm-hmm. Do I want my man to love God? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But hold that position? Never. I could do it. You feel I could put too much pressure on you? It absolutely did. To perform. And I was so young. I was yeah. 26. But when people see you mm-hmm. in that manner, they automatically think that you should dress a certain mm-hmm. way, you should look a certain way, you should talk a certain way. Mm-hmm. I don't want that for my life mm-hmm. ever again. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Yeah. I'm different. I'm it's already a hard now. enough pressure just saying you're a Christian and there being like these or, or people knowing who you I mean, there's a beautiful part of it because people also turn to you in their crisis. Mm-hmm. And they respect your spirituality. And they respect, mm-hmm. they respect your walk, but they also somehow then disassociate you from like the category of human person. Life, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> yeah. got pain, got, you know, not perfect. Yeah. Because here and like all of that gets removed from you yep. as if you were somebody from their past that had judged them. Exactly. If, exactly. And, and you automatically bear the weight of every other judgmental yeah. or quote unquote super spiritual or whatever Christian or pastor yep. or first lady, they had experience. You now have to carry that burden, justify these other, and it, it becomes too much, you know. So I definitely get. And now your life is totally defense, defense yeah. mode, defense yeah. mode, because yeah. you're always defending what they think yeah. that you are. Yeah, and that's not the case. Or should be, or yeah, you know, like it, I, I definitely can relate to that. Not just being um, a pastor, but being a pastor that doesn't fit. Like mm-hmm. I, in the, in many of the spaces, like I'm I'm a woman, mm-hmm. I'm single, mm-hmm. I don't have children, I'm black. Like this yeah. is like I mean, of course, a black pastor, but you put all of that in a certain context. It's like you're well, you're a woman, so I'm not a person. I don't I don't I don't relate or necessarily associate to the, the experience of being married to a pastor, i.e., being right. a first lady, right? Right. But usually when they when they when they talk about women. They're talk and and or pastors are talking about men and and then they'll say in, general, in their yeah. in their wives mm-hmm. and so it's like well where do I fit right not only that but I'm not married because even if I were married then my husband would you know that'd be yeah. a different yeah. situation don't have children so it's our and I'm young mm-hmm. so being it's fine so being in that reality um, definitely kind of positions you to always feel. Um, other than yeah. you know, so there's also a beauty because you also, in other ways, find a, an ability to relate to people who have felt like other than yeah. in whatever context that is, even if it's not a hundred percent. Or you find you know commonalities, but they relate a lot. Better. Yeah, but yeah, so like I, 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 like I was saying before, um, I know that the last time we we wanted to actually talk during mm-hmm. um, Domestic Violence Awareness Month, mm-hmm. um, however, didn't really get the opportunity from both of our schedules to to do that. But I'm like, a story doesn't need to just be told or tapped into or based on like a month right, that that right. recognizes or highlights it. But it's a part of like everyday life, right? Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I, I'm 
I told you I'm like working on this series of like bouncing back or resilience mm-hmm. or like how how do you move forward in life after trauma has hit or disappointment, discouragement, defeat, like whatever like the word is associated to your life. So really like you can kind of just like take that from wherever you want and I'll just ask you, you know, questions um, from there. I'm grateful that you're even willing uh, to be transparent your story, Summer. And like, I mean, I know you have, but just because you tell a story doesn't mean it's, just because you've told a story before mm-hmm. doesn't mean therefore it's easy to do or, right. you know, right. like it doesn't have an effect on you when you do it. Um, and so I want to acknowledge that um, I don't just think it's just, Oh, Summer has a script and she can just tell her story, you know, um, without it. I feel like that. Do you feel like that? I do. Like when I say it, I think because I've grown so much and I've come so far and Mm. it's almost been 10 years. Okay. And no, there's no timeline. Mm -hmm. No, everybody doesn't move the same way. Everybody doesn't heal the same way. Everybody Mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't grow the same way. But I feel like when I say it and I kind of catch myself a lot now because Mm. I feel like I say it very nonchalantly Mm. that I've you know, gone through this trauma. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes I'm waiting for the, the kick because mm-hmm. I know people are going to have a reaction. Yeah. And I guess because in the beginning I was so used to hearing the reactions, the same mm-hmm. reaction. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like everybody's so apologetic and mm-hmm. this and that. So I'm so used to hearing them. And I think I've kind of built up an immune mm-hmm. system to those mm-hmm. reactions. Mm-hmm. And so Bouncing back from it definitely, I think, has been my biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the it? You don't have to give the okay. whole scenario, but just for someone who's listening that has no context of, okay, what? of your story, you could just give whatever you want to give. And then, and you know, I'm completely open. I give yeah. the whole story, but I'm not going to give the whole story. <laughs> um, I was in an abusive marriage. Mm-hmm. I dated him for five years prior to being married. We got married. The marriage was abusive on every level. Was the dating abusive at all? The dating was not abusive. Mm-hmm. The dating was abusive towards the end. Mm-hmm. Closer he to hit marriage. me one time. Mm-hmm. I, I was done with him. Mm-hmm. I told him that he needed to get anger management. Mm-hmm. I didn't say when, how. I just suggested that this is what you needed to do. I cut off communication. Um, he claimed, and I'm using air quotes, that he mm-hmm. did. And mm-hmm. I was not aggressive. I wasn't like, let me see a certificate. Call mm-hmm. me when you get to the class. Let me see the mm-hmm. paper you signed in on. I just believed that he mm-hmm. did it. And he mm-hmm. said he was doing it with our bishop. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, this yeah. is going to be good. He got to yeah. be great. He's going to come yeah. out a whole new person. And so I trusted him, believed him when he was done. He told me that that is what he did. He mm-hmm. changed. He apologized the whole nine. Mm-hmm. We started to date again. And maybe a year later, we got engaged, mm-hmm. got married, was married for five years. Within that five years, I experienced emotional abuse, physical abuse, mm-hmm. psychological abuse, financial abuse, and mm-hmm. sexual abuse, which mm-hmm. are all of the abuses that one can endure. Mm-hmm. I've experienced them all in that one marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so towards the end of our marriage, he wanted to get a divorce. Mm-hmm. I, he, he wanted the divorce. He wanted the divorce. Mm-hmm. He always accused me of cheating. I never cheated on my husband, but... Mm-hmm hindsight you know it's 2020 and now i see mm-hmm. that the reason why he was insecure, based he was on insecure his own because actions. of what he was doing and mm-hmm. i've caught him in not in cheating situations like actually cheating physically yeah, but, but i have caught him in inappropriate situations mm-hmm. with women on multiple occasions mm-hmm. um so i didn't really think much of it he wanted the divorce we went to counseling he didn't like what the counselors were saying mm-hmm. he didn't want to go back we didn't and he wanted a divorce mm-hmm. I was more than willing to oblige him because I never wanted to fight. Like, mm-hmm. if that's what you want, I'm sorry that it didn't work. I hope you find someone that makes you happy. Okay, he filed for the divorce. 
Um, the divorce was never final because before he actually allowed the time to pass in which it takes for you to get a divorce, mm -hmm. he attempted to kill me. And so in him attempting to kill me, he actually died. So when he died, I ended up becoming a widow. The divorce never took place. Do like, you know why finalized. he attempted to kill you? I, I, and I guess I heard pieces of your story, and I, I don't know if in my mind I thought he tried to kill you because you wanted the divorce. Mm -mm. But he wanted the divorce. Mm -hmm. He filed. He actually even served. I got served when I was at work. Mm -hmm. He served me with divorce papers. And mm -hmm. I was like, whoa. So it took place. He wanted me to uh, pay spousal support. He wanted mm -hmm. me to keep him on my medical insurance. He wanted me to pay the mortgage. He had a mm -hmm. list of things that he wanted from me. And it was, in a way, punishment. Mm -hmm. Like you weren't willing to do these things. And, mm -hmm. you know, since you're not willing to do these things that I expect of you and stay in this marriage that mm -hmm. you know is wrong, mm -hmm. then I'm going to divorce you. I'm going to take every physical thing away from you and you're mm -hmm. going to pay for it. Mm -hmm. And I honestly didn't even have any fight in me because mm -hmm. it was a daily fight with him always. Anyways. Just being married to him. Right. So I was just like, you want a divorce? Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. The judge was the one who said, no, she's not paying the mortgage. You live in the house. Why would she pay the mortgage? Mm -hmm. But I did end up having to pay spousal support. I paid him spousal support. So you guys did get a divorce. We were in the process. Oh. It was never finalized because okay. he died before. So spousal support began prior to the divorce? Yes. Spousal oh. support began. So we had a court date January 7th, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. The next time that I paid him spousal, or the first time that I paid him spousal support was at the end of January. And then I paid him again in February and I was supposed to pay him in March. So do you know any of the motive behind why he tried to kill you? If it was actually quote unquote turning out in his favor and he was the one who initiated, or do you think it was detached from the divorce altogether? I think it was. I think that, like my gut mm -hmm. feels as though he lost his fight spiritually. Mm -hmm. And I feel like from that, it was take her. Control the thing. Control the control situation. The, mm -hmm. Control the narrative. Mm -hmm. Kill her mm -hmm. and kill myself. And I mm -hmm. know that that was his goal. When he mm -hmm. got into the car to kill me, he had a pillow mm -hmm. and a gun. Mm -hmm. You're trying to snuff the sound and mm -hmm. I know his goal was to kill himself and he was the type of person that was never going to go to jail mm -hmm. like I remember in arguments and when I got a restraining order he was like I'm never going to jail he would never go to jail mm -hmm. so I know that if he was trying to kill me mm -hmm. he was definitely going to kill himself mm -hmm. and that's why it ended up happening to where he killed himself mm -hmm. because the police killed him but I think he did it so that they would kill him so got you got you got suicide by cop absolutely wow so absolutely. He attempts to, to take your life. Mm -hmm. By the grace of God, I know it's a crazy scenario. We don't have to go through all of that. Um, but if you're sitting you here. I'm okay. Huh? I'm, I said, if you want to, I'm completely okay. I mean, give a little bit of the story. The whole what gist that of day. it is uh, he, came to, uh, he came to attempt to kill me. Um, and when I know that it was God. To work or came To home? my house. I was okay. on my way to work. I was okay. off. Um, and I was on my way to work that early that morning. Mm -hmm. I had moved back in with my mom. Okay. And my mom lived in a gated community. Okay. You guys are separated at this point. Mm -hmm. We were separated going divorce. through the process of the divorce. Got you. And so, um, I was living with her. I was on my way to work. She had already left for work and things like that. When I look at all the details now, mm -hmm. I know it was nobody but God mm -hmm. because he literally left me isolated. Like mm -hmm. it was just me and him and God. That mm -hmm. was it. Um, he attempted to kill me. I mean, he attempted to shoot at me. I'm very... He's in uh -huh. his car with the pillow. No. Okay, so 
I attempt to get in my car. Mm-hmm. At the time, I had a car where when you unlock, when you push the alarm to unlock the car, it unlocked all Every the door. doors. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know he was on the side of my car mm-hmm. waiting for me to open the door. So mm-hmm. he gets in the back seat with the pillow and the gun. Mm-hmm. I'm very, why? What are we doing? Can we talk this out? Like, I'm, mm-hmm. that's me. That's always been me. Mm-hmm. Always, always. This day, that was not me. That was mm-hmm. nobody but God where every decision was mm-hmm. just made. Like, mm-hmm. never even thought out, never even planned. I immediately got out and started running. And that was when he shot at me. He shot at me over 30 times. I was hit three times. I was hit in the abdomen. Um, and I lost a kidney. I was hit in the breast and I was hit in my elbow. My mm-hmm. elbow was completely shattered. Mm-hmm. I had to have surgery. Um, and even last year I had to have another surgery f- due to the, uh, the incident with yeah. my, with me being shot. So <sighs> it was a lot physically. Mm-hmm. Um, I stayed in the hospital for three weeks. I had mm-hmm. to literally learn how to walk again. I had to learn how to do things independently because mm-hmm. the way that, my surgeries were, I couldn't get out of bed for yeah. like at least a week and a half, two weeks. And so not walking all of that time, yeah. physically, I believe it does something to mm-hmm. where you just have to restart, push restart yeah. and remember how to do yeah. everything. And I was literally a baby. I literally had people feeding me, washing my face, brushing my teeth, wiping my butt, like literally from week day one to like week two and a half to where mm-hmm. I just was like, I cannot do this anymore. I got to bounce back and yeah. I got to, mm-hmm. you know, pull it together and remember who mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. and whose I am. Like, mm-hmm. I know that these people are here to help me, but mm-hmm. I know that I'm capable of doing something. Mm-hmm. So little by little, I just, you know, learned how to do all that stuff again. I had a really, really, really strong desire to be independent Mm -hmm. because all of my life I had been very dependent. I Mm -hmm. was dependent on him. Before Mm -hmm. him, I was dependent on my mom. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to make sure that I was... You got married young. I got married young. I got married at 26. And I started dating him at 21. Yeah. So, So, yeah, you literally kind of moved out of... Literally moved out of my mom's house into moving into our home that we purchased together as a married couple. Got you. Never was on my own. Mm -hmm. Never lived by myself. None of that. Mm -hmm. So... It was a struggle, but I knew that if I wanted to heal properly, Mm -hmm. it was something that I had to do. Mm -hmm. And so I just learned how to do everything again. A lot of the doctors were Mm -hmm. just like, oh my gosh, you know, we can't believe that you're, you know, doing this at such a quick time. And I I remember telling a lot of them, like, you don't know whose I am. I'm a Mm -hmm. child of God. Like Mm -hmm. God does everything different, Mm -hmm. you know, like on black and white. Yeah. I should have been horrible. Yeah. But I wasn't like recovery was amazing. It's crazy. So you have your physical bounce back, but which was hard. How did that affect your emotional, psychological, and even your spiritual, your spirit? Did you ever have questions of like, God, why did you let this happen to me? Yeah, yeah. How do you, how do you, how do you reconcile your experience and still believing like God loves me, God's got me, and it's the same God that's helping you recover. Mm-hmm. It's the same God that let you go through it in the exactly. first place, right? Like, how do you reconcile Ooh. that, or how did you, or where do you ever think about those things? Absolutely. All the time, and to this day, I still do. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, I think um, the physical and the emotional and the mental are kind of all connected in a mm-hmm. sense with something like this. Yeah, because I had to have surgeries. Mm-hmm. I have bullet holes in me. Mm-hmm. Like I joked about stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. like I never thought I would be the girl that literally has bullet holes in yeah. her body. Like yeah. what? You know, I wore a bikini and yeah. I literally was upset with the surgeon. And when I met her for the very first time, mm-hmm. I asked her, why did she cut me like that? And Mm -hmm. she's looking at me like, what do you mean? I said, I will never be able to wear a bikini again because Mm -hmm. of what you did to me. Mm -hmm. She was trying to save my life, but I couldn't see past that. All I saw was these scars. So it messed me up emotionally. It messed me up mentally. 
physically. My self-esteem was yeah. in the toilet because I just didn't know mm. who now was going to love me mm-hmm. with all these scars mm. all over my body. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just one area. Yeah. It's literally scars everywhere on my yeah. body. So yeah. that was difficult for me. Um, initially, I really felt like I never really had to transition from figuring out why God would allow mm-hmm. this to happen to me mm-hmm. and trying to justify who he was and still believe in mm-hmm. him and that because mm-hmm. I believed from jump yeah. that he was covering me the whole While time. you're in the whole scenario. The whole situation because yeah. I know me yeah. and I know how I think, I know how I react mm-hmm. and none of it mm-hmm. was how I would do anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, every detail, if I mm-hmm. told details, mm-hmm. none of it is me. So I, I knew that that, that was, me. that wasn't him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that wasn't me. So I knew mm-hmm. it had to be him. Then I believed that when I, we were going through a fast as a church mm-hmm. before I got shot. And I said during that fast and my mm-hmm. prayer in that fast was, Lord, I have a lot of friends who don't know you, who, you know, don't have a relationship mm-hmm. with you. Like I know a lot of people like use me to change mm. how they feel about you. Mm. Now I didn't know he was going to do that literally. Yeah, li- like, literally. And I questioned him. Yeah. Like, did you have to use bullets yeah. to do that? Like yeah. you couldn't have did something else. Yeah. But it literally was just that he mm-hmm. literally answered mm-hmm. a prayer mm-hmm. during that time that I was in the hospital. So many of my friends, so many of them, began to pray, Mm -hmm. began to trust God. When Mm -hmm. they saw me move Mm -hmm. as quick as I moved, they Mm -hmm. started to, you know, trust who he was, Mm -hmm. that prayer works. Mm -hmm. And it was afterwards that I really got that epiphany. Like, Oh, you prayed for that. This is the prayer. Like this was the prayer and this is God answering Mm -hmm. and showing you. Yes. It was painful. Yes. It hurt. But look at all these lives Mm -hmm. that were now changed because of what you went through. Mm hmm. Who am I to say how he's going to do yeah. what he needs to do? Yeah. I can't tell him how to do yeah. it. Yeah. I can just say, God, here I am. You but that's me. not going to cost me something. Exactly. Literally, emotionally, just physically, all like that. Yes. There's a cost associated with your prayer mm-hmm. being answered mm-hmm. by God. But at the same time, it's just like, at the same time, you got to know God differently. Yeah? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. My faith literally grew because Mm -hmm. I saw God do so much that I had never seen him do before. Mm -hmm. One of the, the, the first things where I saw him move like never before was when, um, she was a social worker came into my room and Mm -hmm. she told me the details of, you know, where the bullets went and this Mm -hmm. and that. And I had no idea. She said, one of the bullets that hit you in your abdomen was a half a millimeter, which is really small. Mm -hmm. A millimeter is already small, half Mm -hmm. a millimeter if it would have gone half a millimeter to the right, it would have hit your main artery mm-hmm. and you would have bled to death. Like that was a fart. When she said that, a quiet just came over me like, oh, wow. Like that was really God. And mm-hmm. I re- like I've heard my grandmother. I've heard mm-hmm. my grandfather, the deacons and the preachers in the churches. But mm-hmm. I really experienced for myself mm-hmm. a miracle. Mm-hmm. Then financially, I had to be off work. Mm-hmm. When I tell you, I would get day after day after day after day after day money gift cards like Mm -hmm. people sending money from here Mm -hmm. there all over the country like stuff was just happening Mm -hmm. that I was just like wow Mm -hmm. oh my gosh like me people are giving to me like I wasn't asking they had a couple fundraisers but outside of that I wasn't asking people were just doing Mm -hmm. stuff like I saw 
financial blessings before, mm-hmm. but I had never seen it on this level. Yeah. It was just certain things it was that I was bigger than the money. It was bigger than the money. Yeah. It was just I was able to really see people's hearts. Yeah. And see people really doing things with mm-hmm. no gain. Like mm-hmm. they couldn't possibly gain anything mm-hmm. from me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like what would they gain for doing whatever mm-hmm. they did? Mm-hmm. So stuff like that, I just I was really, really grateful and I was just so appreciative to see God move and it really connected me a lot closer. Mm-hmm. My walk with him, um, I knew in the hospital that anybody that came in my room had to be of sound mind spiritually. Mm-hmm. Like they could not enter. And my mom mm-hmm. knew I was serious. Mm-hmm. If I felt a certain person's spirit or energy mm-hmm. wasn't right, they were not welcome in my room. And I mm-hmm. had her, you know, a little blurb of what she had to say to them mm-hmm. and how thankful I was that they were coming. But mm-hmm. I knew that that was my healing space and mm-hmm. I knew it was imperative for me to heal properly, mm-hmm. physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, mm-hmm. because I knew the walk that I had ahead of me was major. I had to protect your space. I had to protect. That's it. big. I think that's even uh, something that, like, in our kind of like, I mean, you hear it more now, but and, and sometimes we kind of we only see and experience the world or validate the things we can taste, touch, mm-hmm. feel, smell, like the five senses. Mm-hmm. Right? You grow up in school and they teach you that the only things that are real are the things that you can validate with your five right. senses, but that's not true, Mm-mm. right? Um, it's like there's an energy. There is a, re- a spiritual Absolutely. dynamic and reality. You can't taste it. You can't touch it. You can't feel it. You can't, none of that stuff, but it's more real than anything else. Absolutely, It's more real than any of it. It supersedes all of it. And so Absolutely. you're sitting there and you're saying, in order for me to bounce back, mm-hmm. I got to protect mm-hmm. this space. Mm-hmm. Where my healing is taking place, which is more than just physical therapy, is yep. more than the medication or the surgeries. It's the spiritual dynamic that's taking place yep. that I know that then impacts everything else. Yeah, because that know? that medical stuff, I couldn't control it. Yeah, I trusted God. I knew yeah. He was going to do what was right by me yeah. and send people that were going to yeah. do their job. So yeah. that part I couldn't control. Yeah. It. But this part, I people coming, coming in, in and out, space. the nurses yeah. I controlled. Yeah. If a nurse came in to take my blood, are you confident? that you're going to be able to do this the first time? Are you mm-hmm. confident in what you do as a job? If they said no, can you go find me somebody else? I mm-hmm. wasn't rude. I wasn't mean. I just knew mm-hmm. that every single aspect of my healing was important. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going to to waver. I wasn't going to let nobody talk me down. This is what I was determined mm-hmm. to have happen. Mm-hmm. And I made sure it did. Mm-hmm. And anybody that was in the hospital room can tell you. Mm-hmm. Everything, every phlebotomist, every nurse, mm-hmm. like everything. I was Johnny on the spot. Mm-hmm. Like, um, mom, I'm not comfortable with her. Can mm-hmm. you please tell mm-hmm. such and such and such and such? I just, I couldn't take any chances. Mm-hmm. My life in front of me mm-hmm. was just going to be too difficult if I made one wrong move. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't have it in me to not be able to, mm-hmm. you know, have it lined up the way I knew it was supposed to be lined mm-hmm. up. And I was more obedient when mm-hmm. I was in the hospital. Like, I've had many seasons in my life where mm-hmm. I've been like, nope, God, I ain't doing that. Mm-hmm. Nope, I'm not. No, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And with this situation, I was like, no, I'm trusting him, so I got to be obedient. Mm-hmm. If he says that this is what I need to do, then I'm doing it. Then I need to do and it. And I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I want to see the reward. Yeah. And it was great. Mm-hmm. It was great. That's huge. I, I think one of the things that if it was a principle that I pulled out what you're saying so far is a part of resilience, bouncing back, moving forward in life is accepting the things you cannot control and being diligent about controlling the things you can. Yep. Being responsible, right? Like yes, taking, very taking, responsible. Taking, uh, being proactive. Mm-hmm. Um, in the areas that you can, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, and being okay and relinquishing 
the need to feel like you can control the things you can't control yeah, you anyway. Can. And be comfortable in your abilities and the power that you hold. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that I ever realized that because I was so dependent mm-hmm. all these years mm-hmm. that at that moment, everybody was listening to what I said. Mm. So at that moment, I realized, mm. oh, wow. I do have some power. Yeah. Like I am in control yeah. of situations yeah. and things. And But when you're in an abusive relationship, mm-hmm. your power is so small. Mm-hmm. So small. Mm-hmm. Like I was, a, I've always been outspoken, say what I think, feel. But when it came to that relationship, that was shut off mm-hmm. because he was the one that was in control. He was the head, you mm-hmm. know, so he said, and mm-hmm. he manipulated my spiritual ability to believe what was right with what he mm. told me was right and what was biblically sound. Well, let's go back really quickly. When did you know you were in an abusive relationship? Outside of the physical aspects, because some of the things you're saying right now, they sound more um, emotional and yes. psychological mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than physical. So how does a person know? How does a person know? Mm. Okay. Especially if the dynamics of um, Christianity yes. in that, it's heavily emphasized in a lot of churches and cultures. Man is the head of the house. Man mm-hmm. is the head of the house. Submit this kind of. So how do you know the difference between this is a submissive, beautiful, godly, you know, thing, and mm. maybe my ego is just kind of uncomfortable mm. versus, nah, this is abuse. The sad thing is I didn't know mm-hmm. that I was in an abusive relationship until after I got shot. Physically, you know, I minimized it because mm-hmm. I was never that girl on TV. I was never mm-hmm. in the hospital with a busted, Got you know, you. eye or, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. bloody lips or mm-hmm. broken ribs. Mm-hmm. I never experienced that. And I mm-hmm. always explain that to people. And I tell people, I don't ever say it to minimize what he did, but mm-hmm. I need you to get the full picture. Mm-hmm. Abuse comes in every spectrum, mm-hmm. great to small. Mm-hmm. Mine was not great, mm-hmm. but mine was but small and abuse, but look yeah. at what it turned out to yeah. be. Yeah. So yeah. don't I mean, think that your me. great experience yeah. where you yeah. are having busted lips and yeah. black eyes and stuff yeah. won't escalate to what I experienced. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know until after. Mm-hmm. I didn't know until I went to go speak at my, my maybe second or third engagement and they passed out these papers mm. that listed the five types of abuse. Mm. And I was so embarrassed that I didn't know that mm-hmm. while I was in it. Mm. And I was so embarrassed that I had experienced all five in one situation mm. with one person. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow. So for me, what I would say to people that think they may be in an abusive situation or, you know, kind of wonder or question is to definitely look them up, Mm -hmm. read them because now they're so specified. Mm -hmm. Back then when I was in it 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. 15 years ago, people weren't talking about it the way that they're Mm -hmm. talking about it now. Mm -hmm. And it was just physical abuse that Mm -hmm. we were talking about. Mm -hmm. Financial. I worked a job. My Mm -hmm. husband controlled the money. Mm -hmm. He had, you know, $600 shoes and, you Mm -hmm. know, $800 custom suits and, Mm -hmm. you know, $200 custom shirts. Mm -hmm. I didn't. He drove a Range Rover. I didn't. Mm -hmm. Like he controlled every aspect of our finances. Mm -hmm. And I was literally given an allowance. Mm -hmm. And I'm a grown woman with a good job, with Mm -hmm. benefits, with the whole nine. Mm -hmm. But he controlled the finances Mm -hmm. and because he controlled the finances I had to come to him to to ask for more money I was literally left with enough for my hair my nails and maybe gas in the car and to tithe Mm -hmm. and that was it anything after that I had to come back to him so that's control Mm -hmm. he controlled the finances and in situations like that that's abuse Mm -hmm. we're two equals Mm -hmm. doing the same thing in the relationship Mm -hmm. and you get the ability Mm -hmm. to control what I need and Mm -hmm. what I want Mm -hmm. that's control 
um, sexually, yeah. there were a couple of occasions where my husband did rape me. Mm-hmm. I never thought that it, it was, was rape in the situation because right? I'm married to and him. People, and I yeah. I believe, and I don't know the page or the Bible mm-hmm. that it's on, but I believe it's something that talks about your body is his, his mm-hmm. body is yours. Mm-hmm. So he was, I use the term now, a Bible beater, mm-hmm. because he would contort and twist the word yeah. to make it fit our situation like to manipulate me. Masters, right? Exactly. Like, to manipulate use me. Use the text to get what you want out of it. Yes. And he knew yeah. that I would never go against him and mm-hmm. read it for myself mm-hmm. and be like, no, we don't say that because mm-hmm. he was a pastor. So I believed he knew than more he than I knew. Mm-hmm. So because he knew more than I knew, I trusted mm-hmm. when he said submit, mm-hmm. it meant control. Mm-hmm. That's not what submit means. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. I thought that that was what submit means Mm -hmm. and so I allowed him to control me into submission Mm -hmm. and so all of those things I didn't know emotional like I didn't know that it was wrong for my husband to call me every b-word when he you know accused me of cheating Mm -hmm. or you know I didn't know that it was wrong Mm -hmm. that my husband put a tracking device in my car and Mm -hmm. you know would check where I would like Mm -hmm. I didn't think any of that was wrong Mm -hmm. I had a really undeveloped sense of what love was Mm -hmm. and understanding it fully. And Mm -hmm. so I thought that because he was doing these things, he loved you. He loved me. And when like he wanted you, he wanted somehow so that bad. Exactly. was like, oh, this man loves me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Even though he's controlling every aspect of mm-hmm. my life. I mean, he even wanted to control career moves. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to switch careers and become a sign language interpreter. And mm-hmm. he argued me down that that was not, mm-hmm. that was not right. That was not okay. Mm-hmm. This is what you choose to be. We're together. We're married. And this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. So it was so, so many areas of control mm-hmm. that I think a lot of times as women, we think that those things mean that he loves us or mm-hmm. he really cares about us. Mm-hmm. And it's a really fine line. And I think that as an individual, you have to know what that line is. Mm-hmm. I never go into any conversation with someone who's being abused or any situation where I'm communicating with people who may or have may not have been abused and tell them You're what to do. Oh yeah, yeah. I always want them to see it because my dad taught me that when you tell somebody and you make a decision for them, mm-hmm. A, they don't own mm-hmm. the decision when they make it so it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like it's what they, they really own. want. Yeah. Then they always have that thought of, well, she's the one that told me to do it. Yeah. What if I would have stayed? What yeah. if I went back? What yeah. if, what if, what if? And yeah. now you risk the chance of messing up that relationship. Yeah. So I just want to give people the information, yeah. the details, the they specifics, my situation, yeah. and you look at your situation and figure out for you yeah what works thank you for listening to part one of this amazing conversation with summer hunter as she's just being transparent about her journey of dealing with domestic violence and you know um, bouncing back and what that looks like um, after someone's tried to kill you and just a lot of that life trauma her transparency it's been uh, great so far but next week we'll pick up with the rest of this conversation so Tune in next week, and if you haven't heard any of our previous episodes with some of our other amazing guests, go ahead and check that out, and we will follow up on this conversation next week. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on Sharpen Her Iron. Go ahead and like this, share it with a friend, and subscribe to our podcast for more conversations with dope women. If you want to stay connected, you can follow me on Instagram at thequeenliana. You can email us at sharpenheriron at gmail.com. Engage with us. Let us know what you think about the show. And for all upcoming events Sharpen Her Iron related, go ahead and visit our website, sharpenheriron.com. 